I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, I'm a, a real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This, two, is one. The Real Brian Show. Well, we're back. Or shall I say, we're back. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, sorry for not having an episode last week. Both of our grandmas passed a day apart, by the way, two weeks ago, and it was absolutely impossible to have an episode last week. So we're back with some great conversation for you. New music, a non-spoilery review of Alita Battle Angel. Actually, we're going to talk about a lot. We've also got to talk about this brand new game that we're sucking at, or I, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, trying out. That's right. Uh, it's episode 150. Let's rock it. Can you believe it's episode 150 already? 150, man. 150. That's right. Crazy. Man. 150. That's a that's a good that's a landmark episode right there. I think so, man. This is exciting. Yeah. It's like you know you have your hundredth episode, you do something special. You have your hundred and fiftieth episode, you don't do something special, even though you should. <laughs> I don't know. It, we mentioned we mentioned it. Yeah, we mentioned. That's it. It's worth mentioning. Let's let's. Uh, I don't know. Because we don't mention the others. What we didn't say it's episode one forty nine. Well, you know when it was forty two, you know we're the answer to the universe and all things. Or, I'd have to go back to the archives and see if you even say that. I don't even know if I did now. It's no, like birthdays, though. When you're celebrating, you know, you hit 25, you're a quarter of a century. And you're 33, you're a third of a century. And then you're 40. If people celebrate 40 and then you hit 42, you know, and you're the answer to all things, then 50, of course. And then I think after 50, you don't really celebrate much of anything until you hit 75 or something, right? You just thank the universe that you're alive. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm the real Brian. I'm Captain Influence. Thank you for joining us. It's honestly a pleasure to be back, and I'm sad we were not here last week. Yeah. It was a little difficult. I got to tell you, it was one of those things where we went, you know, this is not going to happen. We tried, though. We tried to do an episode, and it was, nope. <laughs> yeah, just not going to happen. It was mostly a, as much a time situation on your end as, as anything. Yeah. Uh, as, as an emotional issue. But, yeah, I mean, you, you lost both grandparents on one side within a month of each other right yeah it was really really tough yeah early to mid january somewhere in there and then yeah actually two weeks ago today my grandma died and then last week last friday was both of our grandma's funerals so yeah yeah, it was tough yeah your grandma died two weeks ago saturday yes so jeez Yep. Too and, much, uh, man. You, so you had to fly to Fresno twice in one month. Yeah, which, you know, is... is I'll, I'll tell you what, though. There's one saving grace this year. They're getting a ton of rain. You know, everybody talks about California burning up and falling into the ocean and, you know, everything else. They've got <laughs> a lot of rain happening, and, I mean, it rained the entire time almost. That Well, there were a couple of moments where we didn't have rain, but every day there was rain at some point, and all day Friday during the funeral there was rain. It was a little bit wet out at the gravesite ceremony but it did actually stop for just a few minutes during the ceremony it was freezing though it was cold california mm-hmm. it was freezing and i you know see, i'm from colorado <laughs> see you're making me nervous now it's next is going to be landslides mudslides oh, well, in california no because they've been getting nice like calm soaking rain not like torrential downpours okay so it's just soaking into the earth it's beautiful everything's green out there yeah it was difficult though but how about yours? You just had to drive a few miles or did you go somewhere? Or yeah. So we had to leave the night before we were going to go down that morning of the funeral. It's a four hour drive for us, but the weather was awful. And so we went the night before and missed having to drive to the funeral in a blizzard. Oh, man. So, so the day of the funeral, it was very blizzardy the whole day, but we made it back safe, made it there safe, got to see a lot of family, the same family that I got to see two years ago when my grandfather passed or three years ago now, Hmm. those kind of funerals where, you know, you have a very elderly grandparent that passes of natural causes. For me, at least they were, I really latched on to the whole silver lining part of it, which I knew my grandmother would have wanted. Of course, your grandparents, unless they're really bitter people when they die, aren't going to, you know, if their spirit is going to want you all to make the best of it. And we did. So uh, everyone there had a really good time. 
we didn't party and drink and all that stuff, but, well, sure. but we, you know, we, we all visited and caught, got caught up and, and it was a, it was a good experience. So that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. It's like a, how old is your grandma? 93. She was 93 and like two weeks. Wow. So yeah, you know, you hit that age and it's like, that's a celebration of life, but it's still sad for those of us here on the earth, you know, where you're not going to oh, yeah. have those people in your life anymore. And, and honestly, I think the, the saddest part for me is just missing them not having them in my life anymore, but also just not, uh, you know, like, like those memories. I don't know. It's one yeah. of those things where, like it's never happening again. Like no matter right. what, it's like, they're not just gone for a temporary time. It's like, that's it. So I think that's the hard part, but yeah, there like was the, a lot of celebration the, of life. Yeah. Yeah. Like the small town that they lived in, it's called Bruning, Nebraska. It's like a town of 275 people. You know, I spent my summers there when I was a kid, they, mm-hmm. they half raised me. And so I had a lot of good memories of that town and, and we were thinking and we were talking at the funeral, like, wow, the, our, our, the anchor that we had to this town is no longer there. Yeah. Their graves are there, but that's the only anchor that's left there that we don't have any reason to visit that town anymore, except occasionally, very occasionally to visit their graves or whatnot, if the, if the opportunity arises. So it's like the, the passing of an era. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard to do. In fact, you know, a couple days right after basically that whole week, right after my grandma died and, you know, leading up to the actual funeral, I mean, I honestly had a little bit of depression even. It's kind of like, there's just so much that just hit me. And I finally realized that for a couple days, I'm like, man, I'm really down right now. Mm. And thankfully it's better now, you know, that that's past, which is good. But, and it was interesting because right during that time, I, you know, I was talking to bunch of different people. And I was hearing a lot of people talking about how they were dealing with depression and or anxiety at that Mm -hmm. current time too, you know? And I was just like, this is a, this is a lot. (laughs) I'm kind of actually surprised how many people are dealing with that kind of stuff, whether it's because of an event or a circumstance that happened, or it's just kind of this ongoing thing. But you know, you, you get into that and you realize those things and you just kind of go, man, people, we need some encouragement. I think we all do. And that's what the focus of this show is going to be. We're not going to, yes. we're going to stop bumming you guys out. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's good to be real and talk about what happens, but yes, you are correct. We're going to have fun, relax, be encouraged and smile today. Oh, and you know what, by the way, too, if you, if you, well, of course, if you're someone who's struggling with this and I hope this episode is for you and that you enjoy it, but if you know someone that is struggling with depression, anxiety, sadness, whatever, then, you know, Share this episode with them because then they'll have happiness and magic rays of sunshine. Except for the first five minutes. It's still happiness <laughs> in a way. We're celebrating life. I mean, our grandparents weren't bitter and, you know, crotchety. No. Yeah. See? No. So there you go. Luckily, It's still all positive. Yeah. They were awesome people. <laughs> yeah. Mine too. So one cool thing we got to do was stop in Phoenix. My parents are snowboarding down to Phoenix right now. Mm-hmm. So we're like, Hey, let's, let's stop in Phoenix for an overnight on the way back. We were able to do that, which was cool, you know, and push off our, our Phoenix to Denver leg basically to another, another day. Got to go see the old hood. I grew up in Phoenix for about 11 years when I was a kid and I got to see the old house, you know, that we lived in. And it's, it's interesting. I was surprised how clean everything was. It actually didn't look run down and you expect that. Yeah. Cause this neighborhood was built, I think in the eighties, early eighties or something like that, or late seventies. So, you know, you expect it to be run down and to look, you know, like, ah, but it wasn't, it was actually really clean. Got to see my grandparents old house, which wasn't a nice neighborhood at the time, but it's become, I guess, pretty dang nice now. And a lot of people have kind of redone some of those homes and, you know, the facades are different. They've added on to them and it's kind of a nice little area now. So that was nice. And being able to celebrate, you know, good time with my parents and family and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's nice to be able to find moments like that where you can, enjoy was your old phoenix neighborhood one that had mostly desert landscaping or no we had were grass there, for the most part more grass okay yeah, yeah. some did uh, though. some had the desert landscape you know most of us had the grass and what you did you had the whatever the summer variety was and then in the winter you would throw the rye grass seeds down and so it would okay. stay green in the winter but you'd still have to water and stuff but yeah people zero scraped quite a bit a lot of desert we had a ton of palm trees that are no longer there. We had an eucalyptus tree and stuff no longer there. And it's like, wow, it's kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. I'm, you know, Phoenix has its beauty. Have you been there? Oh, I lived there. I lived in Scottsdale for four years. 
Did I seriously so, not know that? You probably yeah, you told that. me that. Okay. <laughs> so you, you, you know okay. the beauty there. It's it's really it's it's cool. It's interesting, and I really loved growing up. Some of my most formative years were in Scottsdale, from like seventh grade through tenth grade, nice. or through part of tenth grade. And I really enjoyed growing up during that time there. But I went back to Scottsdale in '99 for an internship uh, in college, and I didn't like it as much. I don't know mm. why. It just didn't have the same pizzazz or, or uh, magic that it did when I was younger. I had intended to move there after college, and then I uh, that summer made me decide, nah, I think I'll just do something else. So, so here's the question then. Is it that you didn't enjoy it as much or is it that the town changed enough that it just wasn't the same? I think it was a mix of both, but more the former than the latter. I think it was mostly me. My sure. my brain had developed more. I didn't need Phoenix anymore. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, I understand. <laughs> you know, I always wanted to live in a big city for a while <laughs> in, in my 20s. Kind of like, let's just live in San Francisco downtown or something like that. And yeah. I don't care about that as much anymore. And, and I knew it would have been, it would have been for a time because actually a lot of people that I knew that did that, they, you know, they got out of college and it's like, let's go live in a big city for a few years. And then it just eventually exhausts them. And they're like, okay, we're out of here. <laughs> Some people yeah. stay and they love it. I love big cities personally, you know, but it is what it is. I don't mind them. I like living in the suburbs. Scott, yeah. Scottsdale was, was nice that way, but Phoenix is so spread out. Yeah. It's so spread out. It's just insane. like Tucson too. Yeah. Yeah. That whole area is just, it's just this urban sprawl like you wouldn't believe, but. Well, so for those of you who know Phoenix, the house that we used to live in was right off of Bell Road and Tatum and 44th Street. So right in that little area, if you don't know Phoenix, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But when they first bought that house, they could see from their front yard, the Paradise Valley Mall. There was nothing in between it. And I mean, oh, yeah. By the time we moved, you know, there was all neighborhoods and everything all built up. You couldn't even see them all anymore. And that was like the north part of Phoenix. And now it's like, I don't even know if it's central necessarily, but Phoenix is so far north. (laughs) It's just like, wow, it's amazing how fast that place grew. That's funny. PV Mall was my old hangout. Oh, nice. Junior, junior high. My friends and I would hang out PV Mall all the time. We were mall rats. So, yeah. So the Paradise Valley Mall had these weird little box when you know the entrance to the mall, the doors to the entrance, it had like this little box design with these little cutouts. I can't explain it, but you know, it's like this concrete little thing that goes over the doors. That was his design driving mm-hmm. by. I'm like, they still have that. They haven't changed uh-huh. those. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah. yeah interesting little, you know, cool. memories going back and seeing old, old hoods and stuff like that. So, and actually in Fresno, I got to see the house that I was not born in. I was born in a hospital, but you know, that my, Right. My parents lived in when I was born. I got to see that house, which was really cool. So, you know, all those little fun things you get to go do and go, oh, that's cool. I still love Colorado though. <laughs> yeah. It's good to live here. But anyway, except for the traffic. Oh dude, th- you know what? After driving in Phoenix, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to complain about the traffic in Colorado anymore. <laughs> that's fair. Not even that's close. Fair. Same with California. <laughs> not even close. So it's interesting though, that, you go on trips. I mean, how many times have I said this on this show? I've said it on other shows. I've said it to friends. You go on a trip and you just, I think it's because, you know, your head's not down and you're not in the main grind. You're just kind of doing your thing when you're on a trip, but it's amazing how many things I observed on this trip that I don't know if it shocked me. I feel like it did shock me a little bit and it should shock me, but it was kind of interesting to observe these things. And I want to get your take on this one too, though. But so many people, so many people, whether it was the airport or just out and about doing our thing, they were angry, obsessed, anxious, stressed, selfish, head stuck in their phones nonstop, rude and disrespectful, cynical, politically angry, both sides, by the way, paranoid, conspiracy theory minded for not even offering a seat to someone who needed it because they had their heads up their butt, you know, et cetera. I could go on. (laughs) I could go on and on and on. And I was so surprised how prevalent that this was from almost every single person that I interacted with, even if just visually now, granted there were a few of course that were completely the opposite. There were wonderful people, very respectful. There were some that, you know, were just kind of the, you know, they didn't go either way kind of thing, but I was just so surprised how much of that, that I saw again, I shouldn't be, but then again, I am. And I, I feel like in some ways we should be surprised about how prevalent this is. We should be shocked about it and we should be doing something about it. 
And, you know, for example, somebody brings up political stuff or cynical stuff or conspiracy theory kind of stuff, whatever, right? Like in your family, right? Not, Not just like strangers talking at the airport or something like that. Oh, yeah. All of the above. Really? Yeah. People, you know, you can hear them talking and stuff, but it's easy during that kind of stuff for me to want to engage with that person and just be like, Oh my gosh, you are so ignorant. You are so selfish. You know, like I want to quote, set them straight and say, okay, I hear your perspective, but you're not, you're not looking at this correctly. You know what I mean? It's easy for me to want to do that or, or even to respond in kind. So like somebody gets off on this conspiracy theory and you know, let's just say you could maybe see their point of view. And then all of a sudden you're like, all you're in this conversation with them and you're like, how did I get there? I shouldn't be having this conversation. And so, Oh my gosh, it was just blowing me away. One of my mom's cousins on the other hand. So he and Sarah and I got in this great conversation. And at one point he'd mentioned that he's learning how to divert the conversation or even walk away from people like that so that he's not responding in kind. Cause he's found himself to be, you know, like, you know, you get drawn into it. You start saying negative things. You start saying things you shouldn't say and stuff. And he's like, I, I got to stop doing that. And I noticed at one point that there was a conversation going on and he just diverted it. And I was like, interesting, like good job on that. So it got me thinking I need to be doing that more consistently as well. You know, we talked so many times here on the show about the real Brian show being about responding in a healthy manner, being positive in a negative world, but you know, push come to shove day in and day out. It's really hard to live that out consistently. It's one thing to say it and say, Oh, we're doing a great job here on the show. But then, you know, you get out on the road, somebody's, you know, road raging you or whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's like, ah, and you respond in kind. And all of a sudden, guess yeah. what? You're a villain. So you react in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to empower each of us to choose that healthier response. And we talk about it. We talk about it so many times, but today we're actually going to do it. We're going to divert the conversation, walk away. If you have to get your mind and brain in the habit of focusing on the good, healthy, happy, and joyful things in life. And let's stop being obsessed with the bad, negative, polarizing, etc. Because interestingly enough, like I'll hear people say something or I will say something and it automatically sets someone off on this topic. And I'm like, how did you get from what I just said to where you're going? <laughs> because they're obsessed with it and they don't stop yeah. thinking about it. And so we need to stop getting obsessed with these kind of things. So Here's my challenge to you and me, by the way, we've talked about this again from the very beginning episode one of the real Brian show about unleashing your superhero. So let's actually unleash our superheroes. I'm trying to reemphasize this because I don't want to just talk about it anymore. I don't want us to be like, okay, that's great. Let's, uh, you know, let's consider unleashing our superheroes. Great job, Brian. And then, you know, for the next six days, you don't do that or don't just say that's nice, Brian, but that's kind of fluff. I've heard that, by the way. Don't just put it off until another day. Choose today to unleash your superhero. Or, as our friend Suzanne Miller would say, do a Liz thing. It's a small action, by the way, just one. You know, it can be a large, profound action, but it doesn't have to be. It can be super, super small, even unnoticeable to most people. Or it can just be not engaging in negative conversation or, or thought processes. Exactly. You know, just... Baby steps. Train yourself little by little because all of us have to struggle with it. Yeah, uh, We're human. Train yourself little by little to just not think negatively about politics of the, of the day mm-hmm. or how bad the traffic is and how uh, you know, disrespectful some driver is around you or whatever. Just think good things. And the more you think good thoughts, the easier it'll be to do good deeds. For sure. Yeah. And it's not to say, though, that if you believe in a certain cause... And, you know, you're out there saying, hey, this is a problem and I want to do something about it. That's fine by all means, because, you know, everybody needs to have their cause, whatever that may be, and they need to go do something about it. But what I hear is I hear a lot of people complaining in those situations without actually acting in which case that's most of us. Yeah, that's a waste of everyone's time and energy and everything. So to be fair, that's the gross majority of everyone, including us. So totally we we're right there with you. Yeah, totally. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, but it was that one moment when my, my, I mean, he is my cousin in a way, but he's my mom's official cousin, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. When he said, I'm training myself to divert the conversation or walk away, that's hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it got me thinking that, okay, we have to do the same thing. And of course, doing that little action 
whatever that may be. And even if it is unnoticeable, but you know, the whole point is that it is unleashing your superhero. So for example, in fact, I even saw a picture of this on Facebook that a friend posted and it just really bothered me, but it was on a subway or a bus or something like that. Somebody took a picture and it was like three younger people sitting in a seat with their headphones in their ears, looking at their phones and this elderly woman who clearly had, you know, some physical struggles and clearly was not able to balance herself well. She basically had her body wrapped around the pole, standing on the bus or the subway or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, the, the younger people are looking down, did not offer her any seat at all. Right. And basically in their, in their own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the caption that the picture, and I don't know who posted it, but it was some, well, my friend posted, but it was posted from someone else. And I don't know who that was, but the caption essentially said, this is our future generation. <laughs> And I was and like, that's over. That's a, that, but that's overgeneralizing. I don't like that. Well, because they were younger and it is right, overgeneralizing. But- and I completely agree with you that it's not fair <laughs> because there are people that are younger that would totally offer their seat. Yeah. Memes are dangerous like that. I they know. really are. They feed people's need to generalize. And, yeah, and we all have that instinctive need to generalize other groups of people. And it's so unfair. Yeah. No matter what group of people you're talking, if you're talking about Satanists, yeah. Or, you know, think of the worst possible group of people you can think of. And, and I'm not even thinking of Satanists, by the way, because because that's a whole different subject. But think of the worst possible group of people you can think of. They're, they're not all evil, awful people. There's always a, a few of them or even a majority of them in some cases who are actually perfectly normal, fine, you know, at the very least average mm-hmm. Individuals and they just don't deserve to be grouped into a box like we tend to do. So, and that's what memes do. They group, they generalize and and I hate them. Well, it's funny because, you know, we've talked so many times about how I don't like to fit ourselves into a box because we're not. And yet people feel like they have to be fit into a box or else they can't define themselves or identify with anything. So I see why they do it, but I actually do agree with you that they said this is our future generation, but a better caption would have been this is selfishness at its best or something like that, because who cares what the age is or where they come from? It's for example, you know, we were waiting for our our last flight home and they said, we have an incredibly full flight. We're offering, we basically need, you know, so many people, 10 to 15 people to gate check their bags. It'll be complimentary. You don't have to pay for it. Come up and see us. Well, you know, seven people went up, And then they said, we really still need five more people if you don't mind coming and doing that. Because if you don't, we're trying to fit, you know, bags in the overhead compartments. It's going to delay the departure of the flight. There were so many people, whether they be young or older, that were just like, I don't care. I want my bag with me. Mm. So you're right. It's not generational. It's not age only. It's just basic selfishness. Right. You know, I want what I want and you can't stop me from that. That's essentially, and I saw it so much. As opposed to that, offer your seat up to someone who needs it. If you see it in part of that, it has to be, you have to be aware. Yeah. Cause if you're completely engrossed in your phone and you don't even know that there's this elderly person standing there, that's basically falling over and needs a seat. <laughs> if you don't even know they're there, that's half the battle right there. You got to be aware. So, yeah. and by the way, you should be, if you're on a public transportation and you're not aware of your surroundings, you're probably going to get mugged at some point. So just throwing <laughs> that one out there. <laughs> Anyway, so offer your seat up to someone who needs it. Divert a negative conversation. Cheer someone up. Look up from your phone and smile at someone when they walk by. I mean, there are so many examples of things you could do. But here are a few incredibly small and probably unnoticeable to most people examples that really encouraged me on Monday. And I'll share these. So this was so random, but we're on the, you know, getting ready to jump on one of the moving walkways at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. And Sarah was already on it and I'm getting ready to get on it. And I noticed that there was a, an airline, well, some kind of an employee, airport employee, somebody like that, who was coming up pretty fast from behind. You could tell he was in a hurry and I was getting ready to jump on the walkway and I stopped and I'm like, Oh, go right ahead. And he's like, Oh, thank you very much, sir. Wow. Yeah. Just that. I I was surprised. He said it like that. Usually they're like, (laughs) whatever. Cool. Thanks. Whatever. And then, you know, I said, Hey Sarah, and she moved out of the way and she said, thank you, ma'am. I really appreciate that. And then he kept going and I thought, I don't hear that kind of response very often, you know, so that was again, so small, probably unnoticeable to most people, but very cool. Then we were at a food establishment and this person comes up to us basically to me because the menus were in front of me and we were sitting at the bar and 
uh, he comes up and he says, excuse me, sir, you know, could you grab a menu for me, please? I was like, most people would have just reached over and grabbed one or be like, hey, man, can I have a menu? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was just shocked. So that was really, really cool. This one is actually pretty big. And this just happened actually yesterday. So uh, I actually didn't even write this in the show notes, but this is something that just happened was my Pilates instructor, Don, and our friend Tessa, who does massages. I got this envelope in the mail when we got home and Sarah's like, what is this? I'm like, I have no idea. And I open it up and in there was a note that said, you know, we're cheering for you. You know, we know you've had a really difficult time, but you're a light and uh, an encouragement essentially to our people here in the Pilates studio. And so accept these gifts basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, one awesome. was like some free classes, some free Pilates classes and a Starbucks gift card, stuff like a free massage. Say, yeah. I was going like, to say, say free massage, say free massage. Cow. But I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't expect that. I mean, that came out of nowhere. That no. was so, so cool. So surprising. And yet, I don't know. That was probably a, it might've been a big deal for them. It might've been a small deal. I have no idea. But for me, it was like life changing. It was so encouraging. That's so you've awesome. got moments like that. And then the last one I'll, I'll do is a, a little shout out was, you know, I haven't been able to, we don't have a kitchen still five weeks going, you know, we still don't have our kitchen up. So I can't make coffee right now, which is really frustrating. So I've been going <laughs> out for espressos pretty much every day or, you know, drip coffee. And so I went over to Harbinger. You remember Harbinger? We did an episode mm-hmm. with Jonathan way back. And anyway, there was this girl barista. I'm going to call them baristas and baristos from here on out. (laughs) I just, I think it's appropriate. So anyway, she was there. Her name's Natalie, by the way, we're chatting and I don't even know how we got onto it, but something about the show or something like that. And then Sarah said, Oh, you know, Brian interviewed Jonathan here on his show. And she said, Oh, what's the name of your show? And I said, the real Brian She's like, Oh my gosh, I know your show. She goes, I was Googling because she wanted to work there. She was Googling stuff about Harbinger and the episode popped up and she listened to it. I was like, that's so cool. But anyway, she was just super nice, super joyful and, you know, getting close to closing time, which most of the time baristas and, you know, anyone basically that's working in retail of some kind, you know, it's close to closing time. You're ready to go home. Yeah. She was like super joyful, spent a bunch of time with us, was very happy. And I just thought, you know what? Those are, all encouragements that happened within a 24 hour period right after a really, really tough time. So, and honestly, did they know they were encouraging me? No, probably not. Well, Don and Tessa did, I'm sure, but the other people probably didn't. They were just being themselves. So those are superhero moments that I wanted to share. I thought those were so cool. And Natalie, I have a little bit of music for you coming up here in shortly. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, very cool stuff. What about you? What's your general one? You know, in general, every time you mention that you notice all these people being negative and and exuding this negative energy, I always shake my head and wonder because I'm not the most observant person in the world, but whenever I go like to the airport or out in public or when I'm around big groups of people, I don't notice those things. Yeah, I'm not one of those people who's just looking at my phone all the time. I'm just not that generation. I, I do have a smartphone and I do use it. Uh, frequently, but I'm not just, I don't close myself in that bubble. I'm always kind of at the airport. I'm looking around and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, people watching essentially. You're the creeper. And, no, not that way. <laughs> no, and, I'm, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, um, and I just don't see, I don't experience as much of that as you. And it's kind of, and it always amuses me Yeah, because I, I'm never surprised that you do because it's so common for you to see all that stuff. And so from my from my experience, I know there are people like that, and and, and even the best people can be that way on occasion, mm-hmm. uh, ourselves included, sometimes to some extent. But I just don't see it. One example: my wife is one of those people who still writes thank you notes when we get a gift. Oh, so good, and yeah, you. So that that's the the one little. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. There's this positive thing because all of my relatives who get thank you notes from her are like. You married the most wonderful woman. No one ever writes thank you notes anymore. And we always yeah. just love getting, you know, because in anything, any gift, whether it's Christmas, birthday, whatever, if we get a gift, me or her, she writes whoever gave us a gift, a thank you note. Yeah. And it's so awesome. That's what you're supposed you to know? do, though. That's the respectful oh, but, thing. But that's old school. And, yeah. and it's just, it's, it's, it's almost socially expected. It's, it's just the norm now not to expect a thank you note from anybody. Yeah. yeah. 
And to be fair, I have never been one to write thank you notes uh, to my own chagrin. So it's really cool to be married to somebody who is that conscientious in that regard. And there's another example of just a little way that you can be, you, you can unleash your superhero. Totally. And whenever you get a gift, thank them. Either call them, write them an email, text them, thank you for this. At the very, very, very oh, least, yeah. text, send them a text. Thank them for the gift. Yeah. That kind of thing. At the very least. So, And what I just said there, and uh, the thing about me not noticing people being jerks half as often as you, no relation at all. So <laughs> Yeah. So interestingly, you know, that's funny that you brought all that up. By the way, I totally agree with the thank you notes. Sarah's just like that. And I cool. grew up being trained to write thank you notes as well. Sarah's for you. better at it, but we always do it, you know. Although I think there are some friendships and relationships that I have where you give each other gifts and you just don't do the thank you notes because you're in touch vocally all the time or in person. And sure. So that's a little different. But you still part, thank yeah. them in person. Oh, yeah. Right? Big time. Yeah. Big time. It's just, it's not necessarily about the thank you note. It's about just acknowledging the gift. That's, for sure. that's huge. Yeah. I mean, there, I can't tell you how many times I've written a check for somebody for a wedding and you never hear back from them. Oh my gosh. It's like really the wed- weddings are one of those things where you have to send a thank you note, but it's yeah. not as common anymore for some weird reason. See now so, we've experienced the exact opposite. I think everyone that we've sent a gift to has sent a thank you note at some point. Sometimes oh, it's a lot longer. You know, there's a, you get it yeah, within it a week a while, versus yeah. six months, but you know, we always right, usually right. get something, but so going back to your comment on observing all the negativity and stuff, it, yeah. I had a couple of thoughts on that because so one is I am very observational I've trained yes. myself to be that way. So I know that I see things that a lot of people don't see. But sure. on the other hand, you know, having worked in retail and hospitality and other things like even like coordination and, you know, emceeing things, when you ask somebody to do something and they ignore you, like you notice it, if you know what I mean. Sure. So like, yeah, for example, we, even really, I we need five people to volunteer to give us our their bags and nobody does anything like you notice it. And so having worked in that industry, when I heard that announcement and nobody moved to give them their bags to check, I noticed it mm-hmm. big time. So there's just little things like that, that I happen to see probably that a lot of people don't, but then yeah. to be fair, am I focused on looking for the negativity in the world? And if I am, which I probably am to an extent, then I'm going to see it more than I should. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of it. That might that might be. So yeah. Well, um, sucks for you, Brian. I know. Well, again, that's that's <laughs> the, the world. <laughs> much much brighter place for me. <laughs> there are great people in this world. I I just oh, shared five. Well, five people. Four instances. Five great people in this world who have unleashed their superheroes and maybe didn't even know it. So yeah, and even and even a lot of the people who you experience, you know, who you witness being the suck of all sucks even they might really be great people that just, they're just having a bad day or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I, we, we all have those down, down times. So if I give people the benefit of the doubt, I would say that the majority of the people in this world are fine. They're probably yeah. great people. They're just completely self-focused. Right. I don't think people are out to intentionally and maliciously hurt someone. You know, like the very, very few people are in my opinion out to do that. If you're having a bad day and you're taking it on someone, you're still not a bad person for doing that. You're just in a weak spot, bad spot, you know, negative spot, et cetera. But most people are just so consumed with themselves that they just don't, they don't even notice it. So again, this goes back to pull your head out of your butt. (laughs) I had to say it and look around a little bit, you know, be aware of how you come across. I mean, that goes back to the emotional quotient, the EQ we talked about. Really? I mean, it's like, you got to be aware of how do I come across and do I even notice the fact that somebody needs a seat here? Do I notice the fact that that person looks down and I should go encourage them or say hi to them or whatever? So, you know, that's part of it, but go unleash your superhero today, then do it again tomorrow and then the next day and the next day until it becomes a habit every single day to where you're just always doing it without even thinking. And then here's the thing. I would love to start doing this here on the show. Share your superhero moment with us. And by the way, it's okay to brag on this one because we want to celebrate that superhero moment with you consider it like I did this I did it like I I unleashed my superhero rather than responding in a negative way or yeah. being you know self-consumed or whatever like I did this share that that's a victory it's not just bragging that's a full-on victory share it with us I want to share it on the show because this is so cool and also 
share any superhero moments that you observe from others, whether they, you know, do it to you or do it to others around you or whatever. These are stories that I would like to see pouring in like so many stories that we can't even share them because we are the leaders of unleashing our superheroes in this real Brian show community. And we're starting to see others that are doing that as well. And we can inspire others. I mean, it's great to sit here and talk about it. And if I get nothing shared with me, I'm going to feel like we totally failed. Oh, you don't want that. No, we want to be giving out lots of metaphorical cookies. Seriously. (laughs) I, I mean, it's not, I know some of you are already doing it. So just share those stories. Every one of them, by the way, I don't care if my email box is so flooded. I can't keep up. That is like the best thing ever. So please share these superhero moments. Please share it. And by the way, TRB at realbrianshow.com. If you can't remember that, you're driving, you're doing something else, just go to the show notes. It's realbrianshow.com. And I link my email on almost every episode right now. But you can go to the website. You can send a contact. You can get on the Facebook group. I don't care how you get in touch with me. Just get in touch with me. Somehow share it. You can record it and send me an audio. You can write it. Whatever. Yeah, the recording and audio thing would be fun. Yeah, we like to play those. Yeah, because then I could actually play it from your voice, which would be really nice. Yeah, that's we're looking at you, Green Butterfly. Special. Yeah, I know you're one of the you're you're <laughs> one, well and, and Flash and yeah, you guys are some of the ones that do it a lot. And this is cool because right. this is going to transition into next week's topic that we're going to save for next week because I want Miss Ice to chime in, who will be joining us as well. Woohoo! And so here's the question that you can ponder. We'll ask this next week. We'll talk about it. But if you've got any thoughts to lead us into next week's episode, that would be fun too. And there's a story behind this. So we'll share that later. But do you prefer things or people, conversations, et cetera? You know, you fill in the blank. Do you prefer things that piss you off and frustrate you and like get your negativity raging? You know, stuff like gossip and all that. We've talked a lot about it today. Or mainstream media news. Exactly. Or... Do you prefer things that really make you happy and inspire you and give you good endorphins? You know, like, oh man, I just feel so good. I'm excited and I just feel so great and happy. Like, or like, a, like an NPR human interest story, for example. Go oh, ahead. that's true. So that's even like a, like a feel good. Yeah. It might be like a tear jerking feel good. So yeah, we'll, we'll lump in things that get your endorphins pumping or, you know, the tear jerking feel good human interest kind of one way or the other. It's happy. It's positive. It draws out endorphins and good feelings versus the stuff that draws out cortisol and negative feelings and anger and rage. Cause yeah, you know, it's a very Which strong people emotion. Get off on, it's so. true. Remember no, it, the dark side is more seductive, easier, that's true, more it, seductive. Very true. Or do you prefer things that are just kind of like eh, safe, average meh can go either way. doesn't, you know, I don't want an emotion. I just want kind of the whatever. Eh, so think about that. And then what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to ask you, do endorphins pump? Do they squirt? Do they seep? What, mm. what, what we need to have mango droplet on to explain the physiology of endorphins. Yeah. Do they squirt, seep, shoot, burst, <laughs> fly, <laughs> spray? I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. They flow through you. Let the endorphins flow through you. Feel the. Okay, never mind. Do it. it. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> you, you get to answer that next week. I will answer it next week, and Miss Ice will answer it next week. And of course, if you want to chime in with your thoughts, we'll you know answer it next week from your thoughts too. I already have my thoughts on that, but we'll we'll save that for later. Yay! All right. All right. Okay. Really quickly, this one's for Natalie, but it's for any of you who love music. I just want to share. And I can't remember if I have shared this song before, but I don't think so. But are you familiar with the band Grimes? It's not a band. It's a, it's a, a it's a girl, a girl, sorry, uh, a woman. And yes, I am. Okay. So yes, it's a woman. It sounds like a band, but yes, sorry. Uh, the she's, artist, the artist, that's, that's the better the term. artist Grimes. Yes. And she's huge in Japan. I want to throw that out there. Well, I, I'm not surprised because some of her stuff sounds very Japanese. Yeah. So she's, she's not Japanese. No, I know she's not, but I'm saying it sounds that way. I know. I'm just telling them. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Doesn't she have like pink and red hair? Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So she's all over the place. But anyway, maybe yeah, we she's should just, all over the place. let's have her on the show. Be like, go Grimes. What's up? So some people know Grimes. Cool. Some people don't. She was one of the artists on the suicide squad soundtrack, which the soundtrack was actually really good. Yeah. 
So all that to be said, the new song that, that she has done, we appreciate power. Have you heard that one? Not yet. Oh, I'll check it out though. Wow. Now that I know it's out. It's very interesting to me because there's a almost a Japanese feel at parts. There's a very modern feel at parts. There's a almost like late nineties, early two thousands, AKA the matrix style kind of industrial and slash grunge, I guess is what it was, you know, mm-hmm. that there's this yeah. feel there. And I'm like, dude, this song just kind of goes all over the place. It is really cool. Very cool. interesting, very sure. soothing and yet intense at the same time. Ethereal and rockish. Sweet. So throw I like out both those out things. Yes. And whether or not you like this song, check out Grimes in general because she's got some good music out there. So there you go. And also I did something kind of interesting. I'm still in the process of tweaking this, but you know, when you're on a plane and you just kind of want to sleep and you just want to kind of zone out, you want to zone out all the air noise and everything else that's going on. Right. All right. All right. Do you do that? Uh, you know what? I read while I'm on the plane. Okay. So, so one way or the other, you're kind of zoning everything out. You're, t- yeah, you're a little tuning bit. it out. You're zoning out, tuning. Okay. I created a sort of travel mix of music that is designed to be soothing and help you sleep on a plane. So I had this one mix. I would, li- I had a couple mixes I would listen to while I was on the plane. And then of course this, you know, intense song, hip hop song, rap song, rock song comes <laughs> on and it like totally jolts you out of your sleep. I'm like, dang it. I don't want that. So I'm doing something where I'm bringing in a bunch of artists and songs that are kind of soothing, but they also have like a very specific type of music and rhythm, et cetera. That helps to drown out the plane noise, but also mixes pretty well together so that you can just fall asleep and none of the music jolts you out, but it keeps you in that good, calm sleep state. It's interesting. I'm I'm experimenting with this. Like Enya and Clannad. Not quite because to me that's too soothing and too like (laughs) I want something like Aurora. Okay. I love Aurora's music. It is driving enough that it keeps you in a rhythm. You know, Enya doesn't. Enya's like, you know, I don't know, meditation slash massage style music. Enya and Clannad. This is more like a driving music because, you know, you're hitting turbulence and it's supposed to also like complement the turbulence. This Ah, is really weird, man. I know, but I'm I'm trying this out. (laughs) So like Enya does not complement turbulence. It's like contrasting, if you know what I mean. It's like dissonance. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? That should be the the name of the show. (laughs) Complimenting the turbulence. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. So Put a stamp on it. I'm actually <laughs> still trying to figure this out though, but it's interesting. So I'm using stuff like, like Dido is really a good example of someone who has a driving sound, but it's very soothing and okay. Aurora. Some of the Ellie Goulding stuff is that way too. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm experimenting with stuff that sort of mixes together and just puts you in kind of a, a calm place. Compl- compliments the turbulence. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, it's so funny. I love it. Do there it. you go. Um, Do it. I don't know if you want to get into, should I share it? It's a private mix right now. You think I should open it up and make it public? Why Call not? It like TRB's travel mix and, you know, we can kind of TRB's complimenting the turbulence mix. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm always going to be sharing new music here because, you know, music is just with, without music, life is meaningless. It certainly is a lot less exciting. Yeah. It's a lot me- less satisfying. It's meaningless. I, I, I'm i sorry. I just can't do it. I like whether you, with that. Whether you like to headbang to skinny puppy or go to sleep to Enya, we all <laughs> love music. As long as it compliments the turbulence. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so here's a quick non-spoiler review of Alita Battle Angel. I was so excited to go see this. I've been so excited for months to go see this because it was supposed to come out. AKA creepy giant eyes chick movie. (laughs) You know, the eyes didn't bother me. It was the mouth because, you know, they still, no matter how amazing the technology is today, they still cannot get the mouths right. It's still fake. Yeah. Yeah. And even though her eyes were super big, they looked so much more real than, I mean, the mouth was driving me crazy the whole time. Like, Oh, but it's not their fault. It's just technology is not there yet. So it is what it is. I loved it. James Cameron, you know, it was his little brainchild and the movie. Did he write and direct it or yes, or just produce it or what did he do? 
I don't know all the details on that. Uh, He's definitely fail. the producer, director. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people involved, <laughs> you know, whatever. But yes, so obviously it's an old manga anime. And yes, so this is the, the movie version of it. Okay. And I liked it a lot. I've never seen the original manga. So I don't know for manga. sure. Manga. Magma. <laughs> I'd never even heard of it until I saw the preview in the theater. So I had not heard of it until I saw the preview and then I realized, oh, it's a manga, but I don't, I've never watched it. So I know the, the movie. That's all I know, but very yeah. good. You know, it's weird because you look at James Cameron and you think Terminator two and Titanic and then uh, aliens. Hello. That was Ridley Scott. No, alien was Ridley Scott. Aliens was Cameron. Was it really? Yeah, that's why it was so good. Oh, there you go. Okay, so you've got aliens, which, okay, that would make sense then why I felt some aliens feel in this. And I also oh, had okay. some Terminator feel. Not much. What, don't, type, and don't forget, do not forget Avatar. Avatar. I know. I, I didn't get a lot of Titanic in this movie, so we're all good there. Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting for an iceberg. But so, you know, you think about some of the movies he's done and he's all over the place. You know, you've got this masterpiece. I, I thought Titanic was a masterpiece in many ways. There were some weird mm-hmm. parts, but there were some beautiful scenes and things that he did with that movie. And then, of course, I'd see, I see. Jeez, I for whatever reason, I didn't know he did aliens. But there you go. So you've got aliens and Terminator 2 are just pure, beautiful action flicks that are so good. I and see Terminator 1. Yeah, I know. But the second one was so good. <laughs> That's true. The second, I mean, I know. So you've got those. I consider Alita to be along that style anyway of good, solid action quality stuff. I don't, I don't want to compare it though to aliens and Terminator two. I don't think they were, I don't think Alita was as good by any means. I think those are better movies, but I enjoyed it. It's got a lot of futuristic, you know, I mean, it does take place in the 26th century. So that was pretty cool. 26th century. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you know, in the beginning when they do the 20th Century Fox and little sign thing, it said 26th Century Fox. It was cool. Oh, neat. So anyway, it was very good. Music was, I hate to say this, unremarkable. I didn't even notice the soundtrack. And that's, to me, if they would have had, I mean, okay, you've got the Terminator 2 soundtrack, the Alien soundtrack, and the Titanic soundtrack, glorious. This Hmm. one? didn't even notice it. That's not good. So they should have chosen someone different to do that, but oh well, but the movie itself was good. The story was actually good from what I can remember. I almost want to go back and see it because I felt like I missed stuff because there was so much going on. There was a love story. It was okay. It wasn't amazing, but let's be honest. The Titanic love story was only okay too. There were some amazing parts to it and the rest of it was like, yeah, it was like a week people. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that. But yeah, there were some interesting things. And so I don't want to give anything away, though, because this is a movie that if you like that style and you like the futuristic aspect, go see it, get past the big eyes and the, you know, the weird mouth, because that's just the way it is. But good stuff. Highly recommend Yeah, that her eyes. I didn't notice the mouth really, but her eyes really turned me off in the preview. Yeah, it made me like I mean, it kind of looked the preview kind of looked good. I'll probably end up seeing it. But for some reason, that was a big turnoff for me. Yeah, Uh, just how contrived it was so well and they did that with so i mean the one thing you do know already from the previews is that she's a cyborg of some kind yeah and so all of the cyborgs essentially that's kind of the design so at least it's somewhat explained as far as she's not just some person she's a artificial person yes they were trying to make it so that you you know they looked relatively human but you knew that they weren't human in the story that is right Right. Which I appreciated. And so that makes more sense because if you had not, like if she didn't have the big eyes, you'd think she was human. Right. And the humans in the the story would think she was human as well. So that would have been a little bit more like, whoa, you know, and I'm sure they wanted that, but yeah, it's an interesting story. There were some surprising actors in it that I didn't expect. And um, I thought the acting overall was pretty good, but there was some, you know, it was just, it was very interesting in the way they put it all together. I can see why they waited to do this until you know 2019 because some of the special effects on that could not have been done even five years ago. Interesting. That was really cool. I wish Cameron would get his own head out of his rear end and make the next avatar movie already. I for wish God's sake he would get his, why is he working on this crap when he should be making the next avatar? Dude, I don't understand. This is better than avatar. 
Oh, no way, oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, if Mike just heard you say that. Yeah. Oh, oh in no way. Uh, no, Avatar I, is like the best movie ever. I made. liked yeah. Avatar, but I didn't think it was as good as everyone else uh, thought it was. So this to me was better. <laughs> and okay. I want to know when James Cameron is going to get his head out of his butt and make Titanic 2. How do you do that? Hello. <laughs> no, I don't get it. How do you do that? It was a what joke. are you getting at? It was a total joke. Just, okay. yeah, All right. No, it's, 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 you, <laughs> you know. had me. You got me. You got me, Brian. Oh, gosh. Boy, you know, I remember when Titanic, that whole little craze and everything, and they oh, yeah. were going to actually create a Titanic, a real ship, and they were going to sail it back and forth from New York to Southampton or yeah. London, Southampton and all that, but they never did. They never, for whatever reason, money, ah, so lame. And then th- what they would do is they would take you over the wreck of the Titanic and then they would partner with one of those deep sea divers and you'd pay, you know, $50 billion to go down 10,000 feet underneath the surface of the water and see the wreck of the Titanic in one of those deep divers. Yeah. It's really down there too, man. It's wow. 10,500 and something feet. That's like two miles down. It is. Isn't that amazing? That's nuts. Yeah. That's a lot of water. It's pretty <laughs> sweet actually, but yeah, I wouldn't want to swim that. But uh, yeah, somebody had to tell the story and back in the day, Cameron was the best person for the job. So I thought he did a brilliant job think- with the movie. I think Cameron might be, I mean, in some respects, like the whole soundtrack thing and whatever, I think he might be starting to slip like, like Ridley Scott has in the last 10 years. He's, he seems incapable of making even a decent film anymore where he used to be the man. Yeah. But, but Cameron's going to get there at some point and maybe he already has, I don't know, but you, you like battle angel. Maybe it's not qu- He's not quite there yet. I don't know. I loved it, but no, it was not as brilliant as some of the stuff he's done in the past, but I did right. enjoy it still. It did feel Good. like, I mean, we've had this discussion a lot where you say there were a lot of really amazing quality movies that were made and there were quite a few that weren't, of course, it, you know, it's not just about the quote good old days. It's, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think there's just so many more movies being produced today than there were 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. Oh yeah. So we notice it more, but at the same time, comparing to other Cameron movies, no, this was definitely not one of his best but it was still enjoyable. It was still better than a lot of movies that are out right now for sure. Good. So Good. look at it that way. Don't, don't compare yeah. it to, you know, Terminator and avatar and Titanic and all that. Just go enjoy it for what it is. And aliens. Yeah. Aliens. <laughs> Speaking of uh, aliens, we've been playing some games that don't have aliens in them. That's what it reminded me. No. That, that's why it reminded me of aliens. So yeah, because we used to play the alien game, which was amazing, but we've been playing uh. a couple games. One is called blade and soul which is a Korean based MMO. It's a JRPG. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got this Korean (laughs) lore. I think I'm pretty sure it's all Korean lore. I'm not entirely sure, but I think so. And there's some very interesting things, you know, it's, uh, I think as, as Johnny pistol shot said, it's very much a crouching tiger, hidden dragon sort of thing where, you know, you can glide through the air and, you know, do things that they did in the, in those types of movies and all that. But it's a really fun game to play. They've made it more story driven. It came out three years ago. We played it when it was still kind of in a test phase. And they were, you know, every time you hit 10, uh, like a fifth or a 10th level or something, they'd be like, hey, here's a survey. Tell us what you think. And we'd always be like way too much grind, way too much grind. I mean, I feel like all we're doing is grinding. So they took all the grind out. Oops. Yeah, pretty Um, much all of it. I was thinking maybe not take all of it out. You know, let's take a lot of it out, but let's keep a few things in there. But oh, well. The cool part is for the first, actually, I have no idea because we haven't gotten high enough in level yet, but for as much as we've been playing it, it's just all story driven only, which is kind of fun, but it's an interesting little game. There's a lot you can do with it, but it's still an MMO, just like every other MMO out there. It's different in its own way, but it's not a new concept yet. So far, in my opinion, it's the easiest by leaps and bounds. It's the easiest MMO I've ever played. Yeah. And it's extremely linear. So I'm hoping that later on in the game, it spreads out and gets more challenging and lets you go wherever you want, stuff like that, you know, like Guild Wars style. So, sure. so I'm still on the fence with it, but I'm looking forward to playing with you guys. I don't think anything's going to match Guild Wars. I really don't. I think that's yeah. kind of a step above everything else when it comes to that. I mean, WoW had its moments and then they kind of simplified, but Guild Wars is, I don't know, there's just nothing like it. But anyway, the cool part about Blade and Soul, it's free to play. You can pay for... I mean, essentially cosmetics, aesthetics, Aesthetics, exactly. You don't really need to pay for any gameplay, which is awesome. 
So, you know, I say we play it until we go, okay, nothing else to do. And then no big deal. Yeah. We didn't, you know, we, we only gained. Right. But then there's this other free to play game, which. Yeah. Just much bigger. Brand new. <laughs> Very brand new, actually. It's like not even, I don't even know how old it is now, but pretty new. It's called uh, Two Weeks, maybe. Wow. By Respawn Studios, they made the Titanfall series uh, mm-hmm. through EA Games. It's a- on Origin and it's, uh, it's called Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. And it's a battle royale game like Fortnite, like PUBG, PUBG you know, um, uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds. It's the same exact thing. You parachute in from an airplane onto an island. You pick a spot to land, you gather a bunch of, you gather weapons and armor and stuff, and then you go look for people to kill. And after a certain amount of time, the dome you're under essentially uh, starts to close around you and it, and it closes in increments, mm-hmm. gets smaller. So the battleground gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Same exact formula as Fortnite and PUBG. So really, what's the difference? Uh, the difference between them is that there's no building like in Fortnite. So any of you who get who are turned off by the you have to build walls really fast or else you're going to get killed quickly that you don't have to worry about that but you still get your butt handed to you all the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's already obviously people playing that just haven't completely stopped destroy playing. You. Yeah. 2 weeks. They yeah, started exactly. 2 weeks ago and they literally haven't slept since because these people already have like I think one guy I just played once. And mm-hmm. it was really fun. I liked it, but I'm thinking, okay, in the, I don't know, hour and a half to two hours that I played, I got zero kills. I hit people though. I mean, like, okay, cool. I don't mm-hmm. know why, you know, a headshot doesn't take someone down. I've been like, okay, this is kind of dumb, but whatever. And I'm going up against guys that have over 7,000 kills already two weeks old. And I'm maybe not yeah. even two weeks. And I'm thinking like 7,000 people. I, I saw a few hundred. I never saw any thousands yet. Oh so that's yeah. Crazy. First game 1609 was the kill. And then it was usually hundreds. And then the last game we played, the guy had over 7,000 was like 7339 or something like that. And I thought that is insane. <laughs> First, I mean, you just got to be one of the best battle Royale FPS people ever. And, or you've been in the beta for months or something. I don't know, but holy cow. Yeah, and what what are they doing playing with you in the same map, for, number one? That's a great uh, question. I, I had a really good experience with it last weekend. Last Sunday, I played for a few hours. So I played maybe 20 matches or so. And my experience was, in 19 of those matches, my squad was wiped out within the first of uh, map contractions. Ooh. So pretty quick, you know, within 10 minutes of starting, mostly within five minutes of starting. So you die a lot. And then you just go find another game really quick. You don't have to hang out and wait. And that's nice. But, but on one of those matches, I got stuck with these two guys who, oh, and by the way, comms is really important in this game. You have to, you have to communicate with your teammates. Yeah. And so I got stuck with these two dudes who I think they were a team together and they both knew what they were doing. They communicated really well. They knew I was a newbie. They gave me pointers through the whole thing. And we won the match. We oh, were the wow. squad that won. Wow. We won the whole thing. And so of course the next match I, I joined, which and that was just so, and I, I thanked them. I said, thanks you guys for carrying me and, and you know, giving me these pointers. That was really cool of you. And they, yeah, they were like, no problem, dude. Good luck. You know? So the next match, because my squad won, I was the champion. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. I was your champion, you know, introducing your champion. And it was me and I had zero kills. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> even then, I mean, I, I, I didn't kill anybody in that match. I just literally followed them and res- you know, I was the healer. So I helped them out when they got hurt and stuff, but yeah. I didn't kill anybody. They just did all the killing and, and, and everything. And, uh, and so I was the champion. And then of course I died within the first three minutes of landing. <laughs> so it was, yeah. So feast or famine, man. Feast yeah. Or famine. And you know what? I'll tell you this, that the, there's like 25 squads or something like that, that start off. And then, you know, you're going to 60 people. Okay. You're in a squad of three people. And so it is really nice if you can partner up with two people that you know that are able to, like you said, talk you through it, give you some pointers and tips and have some grace for the fact that you're going to suck for probably the first, you know, hundred rounds or whatever. Or more. Yeah. I I was able to, you know, team up with Furioso and his friend from work, Chudda. And Chudda. Yeah, it it was fun. He was actually really cool. He was I don't know who was the more experienced of, of those two, but one way or the other, they were doing something. What was really cool is they would pick these slightly more remote places to land mm-hmm. where we would go and find, you know, all the loot and everything. Cause you got to gear yourself up. 
then we'd move our way in. And that's like you said, when the, the dome slash ring closes in per round, we would consistently be one of the last five remaining squads. Wow. Because job. we were, you know, sort of playing it that way. And so you get a lot more experience for more time that you're alive, essentially, whether you get a kill or not, you're still getting experience for the time frame. But we actually got down to the last two squads and we almost got them and didn't. And I was like, oh, we almost uh, got a win, but we didn't get a win. But it, it was fun. Okay, I, I think the, the thing is with with PVP, I know some people can get very frustrated. You know, yeah. you're getting killed by other people and you're just like, dang it. You know, you, you know, there's a lot of anger and stuff. I know that some people have said that friends of ours. But this game, for whatever reason, is a little different because you're not necessarily fighting the same person like you do with most PVP things. You die, you respawn, you see the same person, they come after you. That gets frustrating. Right. You're just getting yeah. killed and then it's over and you're moving on to the next match. And so I didn't find myself getting upset or even stressed playing this game, which I found to be interesting. It was more of like, how do you get better at this game? Because you're not even given a chance to get better yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I haven't figured out yet, but just repetition. That's all it is. You just got to keep, you got to have a good attitude about it. You have to realize that you suck, that the more you play, the better you're going to get at it, whether you like it or not. You're just sure. going to get better. Even if you don't get that much better, you're going to get a little better at it. And just have fun. And the, the great thing is, is when, when your squad gets wiped, you can leave the match and go to the next match. Yeah. And just keep going. Just keep doing it over and over and over again. So Now, the downside with this game, though, is that right now there's only one map. I know they're planning on adding stuff in the future. Right. And then the other downside is that it's essentially the exact same thing. You parachute in, you gather gear, you kill each other. You usually get killed off pretty quickly and then you find another match. I can't right. see the playability of this game going for very long. I find this is going to be like, eh, okay, moving on. This is, well, is kind of, eh, I don't it know. Depends. Look at Fortnite and PUBG. I mean, especially Fortnite, how ridiculously popular and played that game is now five years from now, people will be, have moved on. Sure. So it's not going to have the same longevity, I don't think, as sure. like World of Warcraft or something like that. But that genre is giant right now. So that's where it's at in gaming, or at least one of the places it's at in gaming right now is that Battle Royale format. I think too, you know, you got to look at the two different types of gamers, which also goes with personalities as well. As 7blue7 Seven has said it, he is a monogamous gamer, <laughs> meaning that he plays one game Forever until he's until he's sick of it. Well, and I don't that that takes a long time because he played a game for a long time that I don't think he ever got sick of. And I, I don't know how many thousands of hours or whatever it was that he was in it. But so, yeah, you but, know, there's there's some people that love that where they just dive into a game. They get into the lore and that becomes their thing. And, you know, they'll play and play and play. And that's the way it is. And I am what would be considered to be a polygamous gamer. So, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that's I'm always those, moving on to other games. I like the variety. I like moving around. So I see this game as this is fun. Well, playing it once a week would probably be fun. I don't think I'd want to play it every day. I think I'd drive myself crazy at that point. But no, I, I no. see it as a fun weekly game. And I see, you know, the Blade and Soul as a fun game to play periodically. And then Guild Wars and, you know, moving back and forth. And we'll see what happens. But yep. that's the beauty of we have so many choices. So. Isn't it awesome? It really is, honestly. <laughs> okay so there's there's your apex legends uh, review yeah well i think it's about time that we wrap up but before we do that of course we have something very special for you deep thoughts with captain influence i've been thinking about how great the original star wars trilogy was and ways that it could have been even better like when luke whined about wanting to go to tashi station to pick up some power converters Uncle Owen should have smacked him upside his head and said, I'll convert your face. You know, stuff like that. Unleash your superhero. Share your stories with us. TRB at realbryanshow.com. Share those superhero moments and share the superhero moments of others that have unleashed their superhero on you, which sounds kind of weird. But anyway, I, <laughs> I want to hear those stories. It's going to be fun, but thanks for joining yeah. us today. It's always a pleasure. You know what the music means. So I think so. Here's what I'd love for you. If you if you love this show, if you get something out of it every week, would you please share this show with someone specifically? Like go and say, hey, check out this show. Check out this episode. Post it on your Facebook page. Whatever social media you're doing, would really love it if you would share it. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it so much. 
Have a glorious rest of the week. The Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com. It's amazing how many things I observed on this trip. You know, I spent my summers there when I was a kid. I don't know if it shocked me. I was just waiting for an iceberg, but it was on a subway or a bus or something like that. But today we're actually going to do it. Not just like strangers talking at the airport or something like that. Pull your head out of your butt and we can inspire others. Really? Yeah. You know, the eyes didn't bother me. It was the mouth. Oh, you don't want that. Yeah, because then I could actually play it from your voice, which would be really nice. Mostly within five minutes of starting. Let the endorphins flow through you. Do it. it. Just do it. Do it. You got me, Brian. <laughs> oh. Oh, burn. Oh, baby. you went there. Yeah, Disco Inferno right there. Sorry, but <laughs> every day there was rain at some point, even yeah. unnoticeable to most people. That's nuts. Yeah. That's a lot of water for a wedding. So let's actually unleash our superheroes. Isn't it awesome? It really is, honestly.